Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast. The show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier. And then we talk about it and we find out how it went. Today's guest is Phil Luzzi. I know that I squeal with delight at all of the guests, but it's just because I collect such wonderful people. Like, for example, Phil Luzzi on this episode. Uh, Such a great talk. Oh my gosh, this hour just flew right by. His assignment uh, was a mantra. I haven't assigned a mantra in quite some time. I keep trying to assign them to people and it never works out. Um, But we did it. We got a mantra. It's a really good one. I'm not even going to give it away in the intro because I want you to tune in. Uh, I want you to to proceed with this episode and take this mantra and put it in your own life. It really, I feel like, gets down to the very core of what this whole show is about and the message that I am trying to get across to all of you guys every single episode. Um, So very excited to get to give this assignment to Phil and to hear how it went. Uh, If you want to support Phil in general, um, I'm just going to put this out there, okay? Like, all right, so... COVID times. Terrible, obviously. Uh, But I think we can all agree there's a very small handful of good things that have come out of this time. And in my personal opinion, uh, Phil Luzzi's Instagram is one of those things. So So you have to go and follow him on social media. Uh, His handle is at Phil Luzzi Official. I promise, promise you will not be disappointed. (laughs) You, You really won't. Uh, really, really fantastic social media, Phil Uzi. If you want to support this podcast in general, you can like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, we got a Patreon coming up. So I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe it's already live. Um, if you're listening to this when it's just come out, it's not live. <laughs> but <laughs> but stay tuned. Exciting things on the way. Um, and if you want to follow me on things, you can follow me at Hamiltrace. And in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with Phil Uzi. Okay, how's it going? Oh, so good, Phil Luzzi. Hi. So nice I'm to happy. see you. You too. Really nice to see you. We start with an honest, how are you? So how are you for real? <sighs> I'm having a grateful day. I woke up angry, but I had to like check in, you know, mm-hmm. and turn it around. What did you do? What do you do to turn it around? Well, actually, your activity, your made me do it right when I kind of woke up, when I put my feet on the ground, mm-hmm. I just had my notebook there. And so that was a good starter for me. Excellent. But before that, what I was doing was just starting to work. Mm-hmm. I just start to work. Which is... That's my trick. It's a, a <laughs> Band-Aid solution. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Unless you accomplish so much. And mm-hmm. it, it treats the symptom. But uh, yeah, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily address the root a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get into yeah. your assignment because agreed, agreed. I am super cu- <laughs> super curious to hear about your assignment. Um, also, I apologize in advance. My internet has been not the best lately, so if we experience some <laughs> technical okay. interruptions, bear with me. <laughs> I'm already I'm ready. Also, I have my uh little dog here. So if you notice me uh-huh, like cute. weirdly petting my lap, uh I promise you that that is what's happening. <laughs> what's their name? Her name is Evie. 
Evie. This is Evie. Hi, Evie. Say hello to the people, Evie. <laughs> Good job, Doug. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear about yeah. your assignment. So the category that you picked was self-esteem and self-image. So yes. I assigned you a mantra and I told you that you had to write this down, physically write it down, like pen and paper, write it down uh, every morning, first thing. And you had to write it down five times. And the mantra that I gave you is I am lovable all the way through. I am lovable all the way through. Yes, you are. So how did that go? <laughs> well, believe it or not, the very first time I wrote, I am lovable, I was like, does lovable have an E? So my very first <laughs> one is without an E, but all of them following that are spelt properly. In a couple of days, I wrote it six times nice. because I'm like, hell yes, I am lovable all the way through. You deserve an extra one every once in a while. It's a treat. It's a little treat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but thank you for you're that. welcome how did it feel it felt like i first and foremost it was something you have to make time for mm -hmm. even if it's like really two minutes and then you have to write something nice to yourself yeah. five times and then it's good you know it's just like literally learning something again because you forget yeah especially something like that like reminding yourself that your lovableness is without limit is very important because mm -hmm. I think yes it's like I was thinking about that too about the all the way through part yes because you always like you're like yeah I'm lovable but oh, what if they get to know this part of exactly. me? Or what if when they learn this about me, they'll, they'll stop? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You feel like the the love has an expiration date or that there's a layer of you that once they get to that layer, that's when they'll tune out. Once they get to that layer, that's when yes. they'll find that I'm it, I'm not actually lovable. Um, where none of that is yes. true. <laughs> none of that's true. No. It's probably the opposite, really. Yeah. For sure. When I get to know people's like uh, flaws or just like human nature qualities, that makes me love them so much more. Yeah. It's like love collateral. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> well, you know what? You know why I'm using that is because I was watching The Vow. Mm -hmm. It's like that series about that sex cult. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> they would ask for collateral, but I was like, you know, that's a bit gross what they were asking for. but in this case it's more positive you know like be vulnerable with me that's your collateral exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think uh a lot of us fall into this trap of like yeah my shell is lovable but what's underneath I want to work on and you think that if there if, just because there's a part of you that like maybe you're not psyched about or that you want to change or work on or whatever. I, that doesn't mean that you can't also at the same time be giving love to that part of yourself. Yeah. Yes. I think a lot of people think that like, uh, that you can't give any positive attention to any part of yourself that you ever want to change. You think if right. I give love to this part of myself, this dark part of myself or this broken part of myself that if I show any positive towards that part of myself, then it will never change. And I'm admitting defeat and I will just be stuck like this, broken and dark forever. And that's not, forever. that's not how it works. <laughs> I know. And you know, 
I'm learning that too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we all are. It's a it's a long process. Yeah. That you have to yeah. continually renew your subscription to, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope that this uh, made you resubscribe to. <laughs> it totally did. I've been reading about. Uh, listeners are going to be laughing at me bringing this up like it's the first time I've talked about it. But uh, are you familiar with the Enneagram? No. Okay. So it's uh, like a personal development tool based around personality types, uh, to put it simply. And okay. so I've been reading a lot about um, the Enneagram in general and like things for my type and stuff to work on. And oh god, I can't remember what I was what I was leading to with this. What was it that I was just reading? What were we just what's it, what's it called? The Enneagram. The Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so there's nine different personality types, and okay. they're arranged in a circle, one to nine. And uh, you have like whatever number is your core personality type, and then the numbers that are on either side of your number are what's called your wings. So like, okay. uh, for example, I'm a three. So my wings would be two and four because those are the numbers oh. that are next to three. And you'll typically have uh, one wing that's more dominant. So like you've got your core personality type and then some personality traits from the types that are on either side of you. Right. But you'll notice that one of those numbers leans, leans harder. much harder. So I think of it like a really lopsided bird, like with right. one little dinky wing and then like one yeah. really big swoopy wing. They always kind of fly on an angle. It looks majestic, but maybe it's a weakness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, why was I bringing this up? What was I reading? What were we talking about before this? I'm a terrible host. <laughs> the Enneagram. You, something about... The Enneagram. Lovable all the way through. Oh, right. Okay. I'm, I got there, guys. I got there. <laughs> so, uh, one of the qualities of threes is that uh, threes aren't able to see their innate value. They don't see how they are lovable and worthy uh, just for being. They think that okay. they have to earn it by uh, achievements or like awards, yeah. uh, accomplishments, productiveness, other people's acknowledgement and praise and like getting it from outside, validation. validation. Mm -hmm. They think uh, like you need to, your threes are described as uh, being a three is like every interaction you have is a job interview. So you never have the job. You're always. Oh, I think I'm a three. Part, I don't know you the might other be. Number. I think a lot of comedians are threes. I think a okay. lot of comedians are threes. Just by the nature of our profession, like the fact that our literal job is to stand on stage and seek validation from other people. I think that it would draw Laughter. threes. Easily to, easy to measure. For because... sure. A quantifiable yeah. amount of praise. Yeah. yeah. And you can walk off the stage being like, hmm, I got the sufficient quantity of praise or hmm, I fell a little short of the sufficient quantity of praise. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of threes in performing, but because we don't see as threes our innate value in our like essence, like our core of who we are as a person. That's not what we think will earn us love with people. Right. Uh, one thing that they always say to like remind threes of this is think about if you were to walk into like a hospital nursery and you were to look at all of these babies that have just been born. Right. And uh, all these babies, they haven't done shit. 
They haven't done anything. They have no accomplishments, no awards. They don't get anything done. Uh, they do nothing. They contribute nothing to society. They Lucky just got baby. here, right? <laughs> <laughs> but would you look at any of those babies and think that they don't have value or that they aren't worthy of love? Right. No, obviously. So why are they valuable? Because they- for, for, for their potential. For their potential, but because they exist. Right. Right? Like yeah, just that baby isn't, they, you don't, to think about a baby's potential, if you look at the baby, look at one of the babies and think to yourself, is this baby still valuable today if they don't do anything later? Like if, if this, if this baby doesn't grow up to be a super productive member of society, is the baby still valuable when it's a baby? Yes. Of course. Yeah. So the baby is valuable regardless of what its potential is. Uh, the baby is exactly. just valuable for existing and being a person. And I feel like a piece of shit. So, <laughs> because you're judging these babies? <laughs> because of their potential. They're nothing until they can prove to me they're going to be a doctor, a lawyer. Stop pushing these babies, Phil. <laughs> Let them get there on their own time. <laughs> but the same is true of us, right? Like, you are valuable just for existing, just because... You are a person and whatever it is that's deep inside of you, just your essence, whatever it is that, that, that the, like the little pilot light that runs inside of you that keeps your body operating, that is what's beautiful and makes you worthy of love and makes you valuable. It's your little core self. My little pilot your little light. pilot light. So you're lovable all the way through, all the way down to that little pilot light. <laughs> thank you tracy you're welcome what a fun activity <laughs> it is a fun activity you know what? I, I really could i really um it really couldn't have come at a better time because i just went through a breakup I'm and i'm like in transition and it's a good thing to remember in times like that because sure. when, you're in, when you're in a partnership you do place a lot of weight on what that person thinks mm -hmm. about you and how they validate you yep and you don't realize how much you kind of get lazy about doing it for yourself, mm -hmm. right? Because you have somebody else to give you the affirmation and the love. So, But the thing is, this one, I didn't yeah. even. So I wasn't giving it to myself and I was seeking it from them. Yeah. And yeah. then that's the worst kind of trap because then you aren't getting it from anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just running on fumes at that point. Love fumes. Yeah. <laughs> fumes and they fucking stink sometimes. Yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think that that like that's part of why I wanted to give you this assignment in particular. This is one of my favorite ones and a mantra that I go back to often because I find that it's continually helpful, um, particularly in times of change or stress or uh, I thought that it would be a very valuable one for having just ended a relationship because, mm -hmm. yeah, you have so much tied up in that. And in a, a romantic partnership, you have so much of your your idea of your lovableness is couched in that person and yes. and you like a lot of the time i don't know if everyone is like this but uh i know that certainly a lot of people are uh, myself included but uh you'll sort of look to the romantic partner to be like okay you're in charge of measuring my lovableness now like when we're on our own and we're single and it's just you you're like completely in charge of how much you deem yourself lovable 
And then you yeah. bring another person on board and it's like, okay, now it's your job to tell me how much I'm worth. Yeah, I'm going to put this all on you now. Yeah. I'm tired of doing yeah. that. And that's a totally the wrong way to go about it. <laughs> it's a, a very natural way to proceed in a relationship. It's true. But you know, when you get to, and it's funny because that's usually when you meet someone is when you get to that point where you do love yourself so much and that's what attracts you to them and then you become a different person exactly I feel like I kind of had that (laughs) with my partner yeah Yeah. it was (laughs) uh it was one of those things where I like uh you know like timing is so important in relationships and like like you said like you've got to be at the right spot and you've got to be at the right place with yourself yeah. And uh, it was just such perfect timing in that, that like I had just come through doing all of this work on myself and was like in a really positive spot where I was truly in a place where I, I wasn't seeking out a relationship, you know? Yeah. I was just like, no, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm good. And then that was the exact perfect time to have met somebody. But yeah, the measuring your worth by what the other person thinks of you is not good in any context i don't know why we give ourselves such permission to do that in romantic relationships i know i don't know it's so baffling anyway i'm looking forward to being single and i'm gonna look myself so hard all the way through Mm, yeah you are Uh, yeah, but relationships are totally complicated and they do as despite you thinking you're adding so much love, kind of like if you play your cards wrong, does the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's true. And it, like, yeah, it can suck a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. And especially like if you stay in it past the point where it's actually expired. It's a little sour. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like if if you had cut it off like at the expiration date, would have been yeah. fine you know yeah exactly you th- if you think of it like drinking milk you know like the day after the expiration date it's probably fine yeah and like you can probably have a glass of that is okay a week after the expiration date not so good so you can imagine if you stay in a relationship three months past the expiration date it's yeah. gonna be really hard to swallow yeah you better want some yogurt. yeah because <laughs> that's what you're getting <laughs> and it is hard to pour out of a carton let me tell you <laughs> What a disturbing image. Oh. Hey, it is disturbing. It is. It is. It's accurate. It's an accurate metaphor. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Are you, uh, what are you like? Are you usually a particular way in romantic relationships? Do you have like some kind of pattern of the fill you turn into in relationships? I mean, I don't know, but what I do notice is that there's a correlation between my silliness and it's it's decline <laughs> with like when i become less and less silly i reach a point where i have to stay true to my silliness yeah yeah and i can't be with someone who won't just be silly with me or enjoy it yeah who isn't either going along with the bit or enjoying the bit yeah exactly yeah totally 100% you should absolutely be with somebody who gets all kinds of silly with you. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. I noticed for me that I get uh, I get less funny as the relationship gets less healthy. <laughs> I've noticed that. Yeah. Yes. 
Because you don't feel funny. No, because you're not happy. You want to rip somebody's face off. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is like comedians are always saying like, oh, like I can't be happy because like then I won't be funny anymore. And like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, no, I got to be like angry and like angsty <laughs> bitter, to bi and bitter to be a good comedian. But like, no, you don't. The proof is that, yeah, when you're in a relationship and it's kind of on its way out and it's not going so well, you will be less funny because you're less happy. Yes. So that's a direct it's correlation true. between your happiness and your funniness. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But I might have to, you know, like talking about it on stage is helpful. Yes. <laughs> yes. Therapeutic. Are you performing right now? Oh, no. No, I haven't. I haven't performed. I performed once in the summer at one of uh, Puff Mama's shows mm -hmm. at the Dinah location. I'm just not, I'm not in the stand-up groove right now. I don't feel like yeah. the medium is speaking to me like that. So I am writing a lot, but that's, mm -hmm. that's where I'm keeping my focus and I love it. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I'm feeling too. Like maybe I would be feeling different about it if I were like having lots of stand-up ideas in particular and like yeah. had lots of stuff that I was like really excited to talk about, but I just really don't right now. <laughs> exactly. That's okay. Right? Yeah. This is enough for me at this yeah. during this time. I I love hosting this podcast and I love talking about these things and I feel like this probably adds more to my life right now than stand up would be during this time. Yeah. You know, and it helped me. Your podcast has Aww, helped me. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Zoom is hard with stand up, right? Yeah. Because we rely so much on live interaction. Very much. Mm. and like uh yeah it's just not it's not the medium for me to perform in there are a couple of comedians who are like truly really great on zoom shows yeah. <laughs> and it is a skill that i don't have i uh, i i haven't done one because i've been so terrified because it's literally a combination of all of the things that i find scary about stand-up but with yes. none of the things that i find enjoyable about stand-up <laughs> It's so true. Early in the pandemic, I was asked to do a Zoom show and I pumped myself up because they said you could do anything you want. You don't have to do stand-up. Mm -hmm. You could do a character. You could sing a song. So I thought I'm going to do a little character piece and sing a song. So nervous because I love singing, but I get nervous about singing mm -hmm. in front of people. And not even a third way through the song, <laughs> the, the connection cuts off like out of the of the show and it just kind of you know, <laughs> deflates the entire moment oh that's so awful I know because yeah. like yeah comedy with a delay comedy with some kind of technical issue that's not gonna work because it's all about timing yeah. Yeah. even I've been finding that with like trying to make jokes with people while I'm wearing a mask <laughs> if they don't <laughs> Because if they if they don't, don't they don't hear me and then I have to repeat and then the joke's not funny anymore or <laughs> oh a repeater oh Ooh, that's the worst I'm the worst for that because I have very poor hearing so I make people do that to me all the time <laughs> me too I'm like what was that and you know you try to give it that original laugh but you know it lost the shine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to all of the people who I have made repeat jokes. <laughs> Or just laugh because it just sounded like it should have been funny. Yep. <laughs> you hear it? Oh god. I'm letting all my secrets out. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. This this podcast is all about the dirt. Yeah. Your blood. I want collateral. <laughs> exactly. This is your oh, collateral god. to me, Bill. 
(laughs) (laughs) I swear to God. (laughs) So what are you doing to keep positive in this time of transition or hopeful? What are you adding into your life? You know, one, the one thing I really learned through this process, because it was quite traumatic for me, the whole process Mm -hmm. was that I am loved and I have quite a gorgeous, beautiful support system around me, including family and friends. And I'm staying with a very dear, dear, with two very dear friends of mine who, you know, are positive people. And again, I'm working, I'm using this time of solitude to just be creative and, and focus and nourish a part of me that hasn't had a lot of attention That's over beautiful. this time. Yeah, it just seems like really great. And I'm like, you know, you have those moments of doubt where you're like, well, I shouldn't be feeling this good right now or this mm-hmm. balanced. I'm like, and then you try to give yourself a reason to- To throw yourself off anxiety. balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to just be like, no, it is what it is. This is how you feel right now. And this is the moment. Mm -hmm. And you just sail through that until you can. And of course, deal with it when you can't. But those are getting fewer and farther between. Yeah. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah. That's so good to hear. I love that you're taking this time to nourish parts of yourself that have been left neglected. I love that. Yeah. like a real real important parts of myself you know yeah real like key pieces of your identity and who you are you're like your artist like my the amounts of times I near the end of my relationship I almost performed no Mm stand-up because I started through you know opinions of his and ones I would create of myself that stand up, you know, is a, is a very like uphill battle and the, you know, the payoff in, in Toronto as opposed, you know, and that kind of those doubts you have it. And we have so many of our own doubts already. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need any extra voices telling you that stuff. (laughs) Believe me. Like, yeah. (laughs) All, all of our inner voices are screaming at us like that. We don't need any of that from the outside at all. <laughs> Changing location. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm okay now. Uh, huh. Yeah. So I'm staying, but I'm staying in a really nice home that my friend like redecorated. Nice. Yeah. And it's nice. Cause I love doing that too. Like I love, uh, home decor and I love stuff like that and she's so creative and owns her own denim line and I love being around creative positive people for sure oh I'm very happy to hear this I'm very happy to hear this because this is also like an especially difficult time to go through something like this because of the circumstances of the world right now like all of your life is kind of shaken up already and then to have it shaken up even more during this time and to not be able to lean on the things that you normally would the places you'd normally go the people you'd normally see yeah it's a lot and it happened very quickly like within like I was one Monday I was super happy and the next Monday I was homeless Mm -hmm. like I didn't have a home anymore and it was like traumatic and I felt like I got the rug pulled out from under me mm-hmm. and I didn't know if I would land okay. But again, I looked around me and I saw the people that were there when I needed help. Mm-hmm. And it did remind me, you're going to be okay. This is fucked up, yeah. but we got your back. Mm-hmm. And I see now that like that situation, although it was traumatic is the best result for it. It is the place best place for me to be. Mm-hmm even though getting there was a fucking bumpy ride. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's a, I think this is like the third time I brought this up. I'm not even like a, like a huge, like a crazy fan of this show, but there's this quote from Game of Thrones <laughs> that I go back to all of the time, like, like all the time. Um, it's a quote from Bram and he's talking to Jon Snow and Jon Snow is like, uh, lamenting that he hasn't been around. It's towards the end of the show. And Jon Snow's like, I'm sorry I wasn't here. Like, I should have been with my family this whole time. I shouldn't have been off doing my own shit. And Bram is like, no, no, no. You were always exactly where you were supposed to be. And I go back yeah. to that all the time. You were always exactly where you were supposed to be. I know, because you know when a relationship fails, you kind of start thinking like, oh, were the last eight years of my life a waste of time? Mm -hmm. And what, was it all a lie? And was this that? Yeah, you and question was everything. That real? And of course it was real, yeah. you know? It was real. And of course it and was valuable. Yeah. And of course, you know, I wouldn't be with my friends that I'm staying with right now if I hadn't met this person, mm -hmm. you know? So I can't say that meeting that person was a bad thing yeah. or being in a relationship with them was. And it, it takes some, it takes a lot of time and distance from the relationship especially if it was rock rocky or traumatic or bad towards the end or bad the whole way through um it takes some distance before you can look back and see why it was valuable some of the time so even yeah. if like even if somebody is listening right now who is like freshly out of a relationship and can't see any way that this has uh, catapulted them in a good direction it has i promise like just wait a bit you too and you'll be able to see like why that was supposed to happen and yeah. why it leads you to a better place later like yeah just be patient i went through a similar thing to you a couple of years ago where i ended a relationship and we were living together and so it was like i ended the relationship and i had to have everything out of the apartment 12 hours later oh. and like i like i was the one who ended the relationship but i i had thought like we would be adults about it and figure it out and but it was like I like get the fuck out like wow yeah I I don't want to go into too much detail on the podcast of course yes yeah yeah but like but that, he, yeah. he left the apartment and said you better be gone by the time I get back and left wow. and then I had to pack and move everything and so I had the same experience of like overnight I'm homeless yeah and uh also thankfully had the same experience of this like wonderful outpouring of support and right. all of these friends who were like, yeah, we've got you, whatever you need. Like, uh, because I had to take all of my stuff, it was <laughs> like, I can't even just go and crash with a friend. It was like, I need somewhere to keep all of my belongings. Yes. So I had a few friends who were like, you can keep some stuff here. Like, I can take yeah. this. I can take these bookshelves and stuff. So, uh, like, I split my stuff between two friends' apartments and I s slept on one friend's uh, air mattress on their floor for six weeks. And uh, it was a terrible thing to go through, but uh, very life-changing in an extraordinarily positive way. And very affirming of like, all of these people are here for me for real. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, the, the, I have very good friends who truly have my back. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we are That's truly lovable all the way through. <laughs> we are lovable all the way through yeah. it's true uh, how are you with asking for help in general <clears throat> I'm not great with asking for help but 
I do now know that when I do need it, that I should ask yeah. because there are people who will gladly be there to help. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same way. I like, uh, I, I, I'm much, much better about this in recent years, but for a long time, it was always like, I will only ask for help if it is a true crisis. Right. Or like, I'm only asking for help in situations where it is physically impossible for me to do it on my own. Right. Uh, and that's, you should bring kind of my rule. you should bring people in way before that point. Yeah, you should bring people in when you're just like, hey, this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you should bring people in. <laughs> or like, this will be fun. Let's just do it together. Yeah. Like if you think of it like a, like trying to lift something really heavy, right? Like trying to move a piece of furniture or something. You're trying to move this couch by yourself, and uh, it's way too heavy for you to lift by yourself. It shouldn't be when you throw out your back that you call somebody else to help you with the couch. Exactly. It should only take you a second to yeah. see how heavy. You give a little feel of it and you're like, Ooh, this this couch is pretty heavy. I should call somebody. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's the point that you bring somebody else in. Yeah, that's a good rule, actually. Mm. Yeah. Is is this couch too heavy to lift on your own? Probably. <laughs> call for help. Should anyone be lifting a couch by themselves? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> I know when I was going through that time and I was needing all of this help from friends. It was a really eye-opening time because I was forced into this position of asking for so much help when right. I had never been comfortable asking for any help. Any, yeah. And then I had to ask for so much. Like, can I keep all of my furniture at your house? Can I stay in your apartment for free yeah. for two months? Like, yeah. all of these things. And uh, I felt, like, so uncomfortable about it. So, like, guilty and needy and just weird about it yeah and I was talking to one of my friends and they were like I don't think you realize that like all of us we're not happy you're going through this but we are happy to have an opportunity to help you wow so don't deprive us of the opportunity to help you right by not asking us for help that's a good way of thinking about it right no because I felt the same way and just thanking my friends every chance I got just being like oh my gosh thank you so much and it, it's good to know that they you know you accepting help isn't like taking money out of a bank account it doesn't yeah. work that way it's not it, yeah it's not transactional like that yeah or and it, yeah. like yeah people people who love you are happy to be there for you yeah even though they're not happy about why you need the help yeah but they're happy to to be able to help you when you're in a situation. Um, and uh, yeah, like you would probably be pretty hurt if you found out that like a close friend of yours went through something that they definitely could have gotten your help with and that you definitely could have helped with and they just struggled through on their own. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd be like, what are you doing, you idiot? Like you should well, call it me. makes me wonder sometimes, like why do I feel like I am being such a burden on people asking them for help what is it about that transaction that makes me uncomfortable because I like to think of myself as someone who is there to help when my friends need it so why do I feel like I am so like I'm putting someone out so badly when I'm asking them for help yeah that's a tough thing you yeah. might be a three <laughs> really oh you shit I'm a three girl <laughs> <laughs> you might be it's really hard for threes to ask for help I think because like like I was saying earlier, it's uh, threes are very focused on like other people valuing them yes. and like, what do you see my value to be? 
And so if you see your value to be how much you're doing and achieving and accomplishing and how much praise you can get from other people, then it seems natural that it would be uncomfortable to ask for help because then you're putting yourself in a position where you might put your value as being less because you're not the one who's contributing like something like that where it's like yeah the you're not the one who's like sparkling and shining and right yeah and stuff so uh, like you're like then why would anybody bother if i'm not this like sparkly shiny person then i'm definitely not worthy of your help. then i'm not worthy of your help why are you saying yes do you feel sorry for me yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an, there's a quote about threes, uh, the, so an animal that's associated with threes is the peacock, uh, because it's got the big glittery tail, you know, it's kind of showing off a little bit and it's just like, look at my tail, look at my tail. (laughs) (laughs) So the, the quote for threes is like the, what, what the peacock needs to learn, uh, is that if you cut the tail off of a peacock, it's just an ugly chicken like everybody else. Right. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> I love I love that quote because <laughs> it's very much like there's nothing wrong with being an ugly chicken, right? And, and you are not your tail, right? Like you, you, what you are is separate from all of the things that are dazzling about you and impressive and stuff. None of that is what's you. Right. And without that, without your tail, you are still valuable. So these moments where it's like you're going through this hard time and you need help from friends, that's just you without your tail. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's a cool way of looking at it. <laughs> Plus, you can't look at your own tail anyway. You could flash it. Right. But- <laughs> maybe that's the problem maybe if we could all just see our own tails we'd be like oh fuck that's a nice tail damn my tail wow. <laughs> did you see what did you <laughs> so i want to hear okay so talking about positivity and stuff like that tell me something that has changed about you for the better because of this relationship that you just left i am working on my unfinished projects that have piled up. And I know it could be like a distraction, but these things are very, very important to me. Like mm-hmm. I would rather be a successful writer and director than be in a loving relationship right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know that sounds awful, but I just kind of want to water my own tree for a second. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And especially that- like an eight year relationship, you said that's a yeah. long time. Of yeah. course, absolutely. You should take time and water your own plants. Yeah. And, and I did, I felt bad about it or just like even being here and only I wake up and I write and drink coffee and I'm taking this time for myself to just focus on me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, I don't know. That's a beautiful thing. That's the one thing. Yeah. I just want to like, I want to nurture that part of me. Uh, Like when I was, I know this sounds so cheesy but at 11 11 if we were together at home mm-hmm. we'd be like it's 11 11 i love you babe love you yeah. and now i like the first time 11 11 happened after and i noticed it i was like oh i'm not gonna do that anymore i'm like no he's not gonna take 11 11 away from me i am gonna say i love you but i'm gonna say it to myself at 11 11 you know mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, 
if I knew how to do a backflip, I would be doing a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love to do a backflip. You know, I, I'm in my 40s, so I don't know if that's doable anymore, but. <laughs> you never know. Hey, talk to Leonard Chan. He went to circus school. Oh, shit. <laughs> I will. Every, every new thing I learn about Leonard. Like, who are you? <laughs> Do I know you? Like the day I found out that he can break dance. What? <laughs> I know. Why does Leonard Chan have all of these like weird, secret, amazing yeah. skills? Oh, like special <laughs> skills on his resume must look amazing. <laughs> he's a seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's a seven? What's on? What's on the five and no? What's on the six and eight of that? So, uh, seven is, uh, the adventurer. Okay. Like, uh, sevens love new experiences and excitement and travel and like good food and like good company. And they're like very positive, okay. very much just want to like experience as much joy as they can. Oh, nice. That's, Which a, that's is a nice a, number. I like that. That's a nice number. It's a beautiful person to have around. Like, yeah. great to have a seven friend. You got to yeah, keep around a Leonard Chan, right? Can you transition? Like, can you like, oh, I was born a three, I nope. my teens, I became a seven. Nope, you're- Get out. Nope, you're your number forever. Well, I'm, I need to look at the whole wheel before I commit to being a three. <laughs> we'll do it, we'll do it. I'll, okay. I'll send you a test and we'll figure out what number you are. Okay, cool. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next time I'm on. We'll yeah. figure, where does Phil fall on the wheel? We can't forget that. <laughs> I could so easily just turn this like whole show into just an Enneagram podcast where I figure out the Enneagram types of every comedian in Toronto. So is it Enneagram? Like you can be anything a gram kind of thing? <laughs> no, it's Enneagram with an E. Oh, okay. E-N-N. Okay. Enneagram. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm in the dark. I'm trying to light myself with my phone. No, it's okay. I am slowly, I'm slowly becoming in the, in the dark here as well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I know that, I know that if you're listening to the audio of this, you can't appreciate this, but that little moment was very like nineties music video. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then we cut to a shot of just the shadow Phil dancing. Oh no. And I'm looking at it like, ah! and he's doing crazy shit, like dancing on the ceiling and he's doing backflips. Oh my gosh. And then he murders someone. You're like, wait a minute. That wasn't me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of the music video is just a, uh, your trial and Whatever. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting ice cream with a girl I met. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awful. <laughs> Talk about like your, your sh- talk about your shadow self, huh? <laughs> My shadow's a bad bitch. <laughs> Have you ever heard of shadow work? No. So it's uh, uh, like personal work that you do with yourself, like stuff like this podcast is themed around, um, with your what's called your shadow self, which is like the the dark part inside of you. Okay that you're kind of scared to look at right and uh i haven't done a lot of shadow work because it's fucking scary um (laughs) like i don't i don't want to meet that part i don't want to talk that part i'm not there yet i'll get there (laughs) um but a a friend of mine went to this like very witchy like totally 
crazy awesome sounding thing where they had like they had a, a fire and everybody sat around the fire but they sat with their backs to the fire okay so you're looking not at the fire but at your shadow okay and then they had them like do all of this shadow work looking at their actual shadow and i'm like that's like a self-help nerd that like blew my mind (laughs) but it sounds so witchy and beautiful just like a bunch of a bunch of women sitting around a fire talking to their shadows yeah like hey girl yeah like that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> shadow worker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how to work a shadow. We've already seen it. Girl. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm curious to know when you uh when you think about yourself today and you think about yourself eight years ago, Mm -hmm. in what ways are you stronger today? What, what? In what ways are you stronger today? Well, I'm stronger because I'm older. And in that time, I've learned that seeking validation from someone else is very um, precarious because you Mm -hmm. can't always count on it being there. And the only thing you can do is find the source within yourself for that validation. And so I'm at that place now. I don't even think, I don't even know if I was like in self-aware or even into that sort of like learning about myself. Mm -hmm. I thought I had it all already figured out I guess yeah. eight years ago I didn't know I had this to learn and so I will be that and I won't seek that in others and I won't seek others who feel like it's their job to do that to me either because mm-hmm. that's another fucking problem too yep. and um it, it's just like I would rather be a single person than to be unhappy and I've always said yes. that but now it's like Yes, I don't, I have zero tolerance. I'm not, I'm not here to live that minuscule life. You know, I want to yeah. see how, sh- how bright my light can actually shine. You know, 100%. Yeah. And like, I always say to people when they're, when, when people come to me with relationship problems and like questions about their relationship, <clears throat> I give very little advice because mm-hmm. nobody listens to advice about their relationship. They're always going to do what they want to do. Right. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and that's just human nature. So uh, when people come to me with relationship stuff, what I usually say to them is just like, my general rule is that in any relationship, both people should be getting more out of the relationship than they're putting in. Both people. That's the whole point. Right. That both of you give a little bit and get a lot of it. Yeah. And that's how it should feel. So if it's not really feeling like that, you might want to think about that totally it you know what that balance totally got skewed near the end i wasn't even seeing it happen mm-hmm. i just thought it's a dynamic that happens you know with time and yep. and you you start to get complacent honestly like it was the best thing to ever happen to me in the most awful way and i'm mm-hmm. so grateful yeah <laughs> yeah i'm all about practicing gratitude in unlikely places like things that are objectively hard to be grateful for practicing gratitude for those things yeah and that's exactly what that is and how are you with forgiveness 
Um, uh, it changes all the time. Yeah, I know. Me too. It changes all the time. And uh, like, it's funny how nonlinear it is. Yeah. Like, uh, and like they're like, like any person I have had many people who have wronged me over time. Right. And people to forgive and move on. And, uh, there are people who have hurt me like more recently who I've been able to forgive. And then people who hurt me a long time ago with something smaller that I can't forgive yet. Okay. You know, it's like, it's all over the map or like I've forgiven, I've forgiven somebody for a big thing, but not another person for a little thing or like, you know, it doesn't um, make logical sense. Uh, And that's just the nature of forgiveness. It doesn't follow like a logical path. Yeah. And uh, oh God, I'm forgetting where this quote comes from. But the quote is that uh, forgiveness isn't a line that you cross. It's a road that you walk down. Okay. Yeah. So like, it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, aha, I have forgiven. <laughs> right. And on with my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, not, it's not like that. Right. <clears throat> it's a road. It's a continuous thing. And like, uh, it, yeah, it changes for me all the time. If, even if I focus in on one person who, who I need to forgive, there have been times where I felt like I'd fully forgiven them. And then something comes up later. That and triggers like, you. Yeah, and it and, takes you back. And that's just the nature of trauma as well. Right? right. But with forgiveness, I think the most important thing to remember about forgiveness is that it's something that you're doing for yourself and not for the other person. Right. Because that can hold you back from forgiving sometimes thinking like, no, they don't deserve my forgiveness. Right. They did this thing and it's not my job to forgive them. Right. But you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. Exactly. In every case, in every case. It's that saying of like, don't let somebody live rent free in your head. Oh, I love that one. And I love this one now that I I think about is worrying is like praying for what you don't want. Yeah. 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 Very much. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love me some uh, Russell Brand, you know. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, forgiveness forgiveness takes time and it doesn't make a lot of sense and it comes and goes and yeah, it's a, just the complicated nature of forgiveness. Yeah. And what is it, right? Because a lot of people do think of it like as a, a dangling carrot. Yeah. And hold it as collateral or as like a threat over someone. I think the, yeah, the... <laughs> Forgiveness is such a tricky thing. It's such a tricky thing. And like, uh, I've I've had relationships where forgiveness was like a frequent conversation topic. Yeah. Like I was in a relationship with somebody who was continually doing things to hurt me over and over and over again. And we're we're always having the conversation of like, you can't do that again. Like, I need you to treat me better. And then they say, yes, I will. Absolutely. Going forward, things are going to be totally different. And then they do something again. Girl. Right? Over and over and over again. (laughs) And then uh, when these things start to pile up, because so many of them have happened, right? There's not enough time in between the first thing and the second thing and the second thing and the third thing for me to be able to forgive the, the last one. Right. By the time the next one happens. Right. So then it accumulates, right? They pile on top of each other. And I remember towards the end of this relationship, me saying this, that like these things are piling on top of each other. And like, I'm feeling 
like completely weighed down by all of these things that have happened. And they said, well, the, no, the problem isn't me. The problem is that you're not good enough at forgiving. You have a problem with forgiveness. That's oh. the problem. Wow. Isn't well, that like you, the peak of told. gaslighting? Yes. <laughs> Listen, gaslighting is so real. Yes. I was also gaslighted mm -hmm. during the entire relationship. And uh, it is, that's another thing I've learned is like zero tolerance for the slightest gaslighting attempt. Yep. Zero. Yeah. That is unacceptable. I think, yeah, you learn, you learn how you deserve to be treated and then you never take less than that. Yeah. And yeah. like, there is no compromise. And I think there's uh, a huge benefit in just time, you know, like uh, the Phil that entered this relationship was eight years younger, mm -hmm. you know? And so what you were saying about like, I'm stronger because of time. Yeah. Right. Because of age. Yeah. Over time you take less and less shit from other people. Absolutely. And the more you prove to yourself that you don't actually need to be with someone at all yeah. to be any more of a person yep. gives you this confidence that, and it's not even an arrogance. It's just like the way I like to think of confidence is like the word itself means with faith. It's just like just knowing that you got it. Yeah. You don't need to know it from someone else and you don't need to feel like your value increases because you double the body mm -hmm. you know that's so important to me that's huge yeah. it's everything and uh yeah be like you're you're never gonna be happy you're never gonna get anything that you want unless you're loving yourself mm -hmm. and and doing it right and doing it actively every day and if you're not loving yourself, you're going to meet the people that love you when you don't love yourself. Yeah. Gross. Yep. Because they like that person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And that, like, I think people sometimes get confused where they, uh, they see it as like, oh, this person loved me at my lowest. Yes. You know, we're like, oh, this person loves me, even though all my faults are on display. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And isn't that a beautiful thing? And doesn't that mean that they really, truly love me? Um, and that's not to say that you can't meet the right person. Like when you're going through a time, I like it, things happen, you know, but yeah. it's way more likely that what's happening is uh, like trauma bonding where yeah. you're you feel broken. They feel broken. You guys see each other and go, hey, that person's broken like me. This yeah. must be a match. Yeah. Or we have the same baggage this must be a match. And that's not how it works. You know how the gays love matching baggage, girl. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got a whole matching set? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we but, were the same size, too. I just right? wish you had better taste in clothes. I know. That's Oh, that's the best thing about being in a same-sex relationship. Yeah. Man, <laughs> there, there are so many clothes that I wish belonged to me. <laughs> <laughs> living out there being worn by somebody else oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're coming to the end of our time actually oh i've had such a lovely time it's literally flown by i know i can't even believe that it's already been an hour we end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment oh yeah oh <laughs> i'm ready for it wait, wait hold on <laughs> okay <laughs> uh phil Lucy, you are truly lovable all the way through Oh man, I just think you're amazing. First of all, you are like 
fucking crazy funny. Like, <laughs> like one of those people who I'm like, no one has any business being that funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're like so many, so many shows you've had me like in like proper giggle fits where like you can't breathe in between the laughing. You're like, I need this bit to be over so that I can live, you know? Uh, I've had so many of those moments watching yeah. you perform. Um, and you were just, yeah, one of those people who it's like, so, so clearly there's no world where you aren't a huge success. Like, <laughs> you're, first of all, you're super well-rounded. Like, you're a, an amazing performer, an amazing stand-up, an amazing writer. And then you're also a very talented actor. Uh, you could be a professional model if you wanted to. Oh. You have a great radio voice. Like, <laughs> you got, like, the entire entertainment package. It's like somebody was constructing a baby being oh, like being like, oh, like <laughs> what like oh <laughs> what will make the strongest <laughs> best performer and they put together phil Lucy. and he um, narrates his own tape he's like yeah that's right exactly <laughs> next fall and you're also just like a lovely person and so approachable and have always been so nice to me, even when I was just like some nobody open micer and you remembered my name and stuff like little things that are just like, that's a good person. Um, just nothing but good vibes. You're, you're also one of those. I love telling people this one. Uh, any people who fall into this category, I want them to know you're a positive gossip person. Yeah. Um, where people talk about you behind your back in a nice way. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that. Where, like, when your name comes up in conversation, then, like, the conversation has to stop for, like, five minutes while we all talk about how much we love Phil Luzzi. Aww. Uh, wow, so, so, <laughs> oh, yeah. so, I know you aren't around for any of those moments, so I want you to know that those, that's happening. <laughs> oh, that's amazing to hear. <laughs> Probably happening right now. <laughs> right now! <laughs> Literally, last night, I was talking to Marissa Bettino. Yeah. And... Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, like I'm recording a podcast tomorrow. I'm having Phil Luzzi on. And she was she was like, yeah. <laughs> and then we both just like celebrated about the fact that you were going to be on this podcast. <laughs> oh, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. You're and so welcome. I've always you loved you since the first time I think we met and doing shows with you is always so much fun. Oh, thanks, Phil. Thanks You're for having so me on. Thank you. And <laughs> listeners, go be nice to yourself. Uh, and yeah. remember that love is everywhere. Love is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Trinity. <laughs> You're welcome.